0: He wants to jump one thousand cars
1: sir you have a thousand cars <laughs> i don't think i'd attempt to try this stunt uh, or we, we, we owe this horsepower to uncle sam <laughs> too many co- cars. Yeah, no roses would be
0: uh- like i put my beer belly on it yeah. if you can't immediately tell somebody how many cars you
1: have you'll really give those up at a yuppie something to think about stay on the bar don't go yeah. off the bar with your bronco 1980 volvo horns what's right like? <laughs> i at a man's coolant <laughs>
0: He's like, oh, I thought it'd be small. It's for a small car. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, it's still an automatic transmission. They're never going to be light. Like, it's definitely going to have to crash. Starting off with Brad buying another car. That's the West. <laughs> Internet. You know, is this a Nigerian oil print? Uh, I also wish you drove a tan Camry. Anyways, anyway, that, that's ho- a horrible, very horrible podcast that's content. a very a inside joke.
1: Welcome to Auto Off Topic. What's going on, Brad? Uh not a lot, Andrew. What's going on with you? Oh, just doing some daytime recording. Get some. Yeah, you throw throw me off here with this daytime recording. Yeah, had some time off, so might as well get this podcast in early so I can get it out. You, to all do you have a, a scheduled a scheduled day off? Or are you off today because of the uh, uh, um, weather? I actually scheduled ahead of time because uh, last week, we, oh, okay, we didn't have a podcast last week because I was traveling for work, so. I said, you know what? I need an extra break because I was away all week. Sure. Well, it put, worked out well because you're currently in the middle of a nor'easter,
0: if I've heard correctly. Right? Uh, it's
1: mostly raining. Oh, okay.
0: Right I've here. I've seen some posts. I guess they must be in a different part of the state.
1: Yeah, that part some... of Massachusetts that's not Massachusetts outside of 495. Sure. Western Mass. <sighs> yeah. It's all it's Alabama, Massachusetts. <laughs> Yeah, ski country is getting dumped on, which is cool, but then uh, yeah, they can keep it, right? Yeah, I, I'd I'd go, but I'm coming to visit you soon, so <laughs> I'll be too busy. Well, the good news is
0: that it's nice and uh, nice and warm here, so
1: that's what I saw on the Phoenix NASCAR race. So, uh,
0: yeah, I think it's seventy three outside right now. I was just out in the backyard throwing the dog, throw, throwing the dog around. No, just, throwing the ball around the not- dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throwing the
1: ball around to the dog. Yeah. and uh, Interesting was, workout routine.
0: Yeah, it was quite toasty. It was quite toasty out there. So,
1: Yeah, NASCAR finished up their Southwest tour. So they were yep. at Vegas, we didn't talk about, and they were at Phoenix this past Sunday. Sure, and if you saw one, the second was a repeat of the first. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how often that happens in modern like yeah, back-to-back
0: victories aren't super common, but I guess they do happen, especially when you're a Hendrick racing team. I mean, you have all of the money in the world to win the race and the best car. And I mean, the other Hendrick car, the Larson car, was just behind him or in front of him the whole race. They were one, two, pretty much the whole time. And if it wasn't for, you know, some yellow flags in the end, And one other driver kind of getting up in there with Kevin Harvick. I don't think they would have been anything but one or two all race. So William Byron won two in a row. And, you know, it's kind of it's kind of fitting because he's driving the 24 car, which is the old Jeff Gordon car, Mm -hmm. which Jeff Gordon would win lots of races in a row. So I guess it uh,
1: Hendrick keeps doing it. Right. Yeah. What are the big teams? Hendrick, Penske? Richard Childress, Richard Childress, RCR. and then maybe Gibbs.
0: Is that Yeah, probably. Probably Gibbs as a big team. Yeah. And now there's some other multi-car teams too that are fairly new, but those are the ones that go back to
1: the early days of us watching NASCAR at least. But I think they have like four to like five to six cars. Sure. Whereas I think a lot yeah. of the newer newer teams are like two cars.
0: Yeah, for sure, because <laughs> it's a lot more they're a lot less uh wealthy, I guess. But I kind of skip over Vegas because it was two weeks ago and uh, I don't want to make our non-NASCAR listening, watching listeners uh, listen to too much NASCAR today, but uh, we're enjoying it. So we're going to talk about it. Um, Vegas happened. It's over. William Byron won. We'll talk about Phoenix. couple of things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Kind of frustrating. I didn't think ahead had a time to buy tickets. And then the day of the race, it was like, oh, I wonder if I can still get tickets because I'm used to, I don't know, the mid-aughts where yep. if you knew somebody who worked for any kind of company that had any involvement with NASCAR, they were just throwing tickets at
1: you Yeah, for like the New Hampshire race. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you guys want tickets? I got 30 of them. Which is, the and, and there was two races a year here, and that, sure. that was part of the problem. <laughs> Everybody got bored with sure. it. Sure. Well, there are also two races a year here
0: now this race in March. And then usually the final race of the season is here Ooh. and tickets were sold out. Okay. So I wouldn't have thought that I guess all of the events this year have been sold out, which I guess is good for NASCAR, right? That's like, a, you know, can't ask for anything more. If you sell every ticket you print, then I guess that's a pretty good measure of success. So I was looking ahead to the event that's here in the end of the season and do you have a guess on what the cheapest tickets available are?
1: This is for the second event? Yeah. Yeah, the season close. Oh, I bet I bet they're 150 a seat.
0: Uh more than that. Wow, 1 uh, 180 to 250 is what I was seeing for. Whoa. For yeah, so I also didn't buy tickets for that because it's a lot of money. So if they're selling out every single seat and it's, you know, minimum of 170, 180 bucks, that's that's a lot of. And that's, that's for money.
1: like seats up against the fence, like
0: I don't remember exactly where it was. There's only seating at at Phoenix from like the front stretch through turns 1 and 2. Yeah, I
1: noticed there's not a, a lot of
0: stands. Yeah, cuz it's kind of put in between can you just
1: hike up on that mountain, mountain and
0: like stand there? That's what I'm currently trying to figure out because there were definitely people up on top of that mountain. And I don't like hiking, but <laughs> I did it for climb to the clouds, so maybe I can do it for NASCAR.
1: Yeah, it might be a party yeah. up there. It could it could be, I don't know. Is it like it, public is land, there? like can't keep people off there.
0: <laughs> I it's what I'm trying to figure out. So there's 42,000... Or oh, sorry, 51,000 stands at Phoenix. So 51,000 people in a sellout crowd at 100 and something bucks a piece is... Uh, that's some good money.
1: So they're doing they're doing okay. Yeah, because the interesting thing about a race is that the tickets that are closer to the track are actually less money usually. You right, because you can only see so much. <laughs> yeah. 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 So the, the nosebleed seats are actually more
0: expensive at NASCAR. So... I don't know. I'll try to figure out a way to get there, but
1: I don't uh, don't know that I'll be able to. So we'll see. I know. I'm bummed that the New Hampshire event is the same weekend as New England Forest Rally, even though it's on Sunday every year. Yeah, but at least uh, they didn't run IMPS of the same weekend. It's the weekend before at Lime Lumber- Rock Park. Yeah. Okay. Because a lot of times they all three events fall on the same weekend, and you're like, "Cool, the all the cool motorsports events that I want to go to are the same weekend in July." It's like really annoying. Yeah. That's it's fr- frustrating. <laughs> that's frustrating, and I haven't been back. I didn't make it back last year for the
0: rally, so I'm hoping to this year. But it's it looks like I'll probably have a new job, so I'm not sure I'll be able to again. But time will tell. I'd like to be there.
1: I mean, I'll so, see. Uh, I mean, technically. The race is like in the afternoon. Like you could, scoot over from Maine on the way home, catch the race. Depends on how tired you are, and how much the tickets are. It would probably be a pretty good. Uh, pretty good wake up.
0: If yeah. You're tired. Cause <laughs> these NASCARs running. So, be a good time. But anyway, yeah. So William Byron won two races in a row. Uh, the other cool thing about Phoenix is, and we were talking about a little before we went on air here. There's seemingly no out of bounds. Anywhere that's paved is free game. Yeah, kinda cool. So yeah, anytime there was a restart, you go from, you know, the line of two cars to the second they passed the restart line, it was chaos four or five wide pretty much instantly.
1: It was was that a rule for only certain tracks for a while, or is it or a rule for all of NASCAR for a while where you couldn't like dip below the yellow?
0: I think it's certain tracks. Yeah. I think there's there's an out of bounds. There probably is an out of bounds at Phoenix. It's just it's so much more forgiving than other tracks. But there's always been an out of bounds, and I think it's you know a safety thing. Like they don't want people going down there and doing dumb things. So Passing I'm sure the grass. there's a, yeah. It was exactly. Um, that was a road course though, but yeah, still. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't know enough about it, but uh, I know it was fun to watch that that spread of, you know, five and six wide every restart. Not that there were a lot of restarts because it was a pretty clean race toward until the end, but it was definitely, uh, definitely fun to watch them spread out like that and see the, how the short line might help them catch up, but then they're at a lower speed when they come back on track. And it was hard to, to make a pass if you're way down low.
1: Yeah, it was interesting. So it
0: was fun. Next week is,
1: uh, where's next week? Atlanta. Atlanta. I think. We'll see how my uh, how much I keep watching because it's gonna. Once it starts getting warm out, sometimes I'm not in the house on Sundays. That's the beauty of DVR, Andrew. Yeah, but i more likely I'll do those YouTube catch-ups
0: They do. Okay, that works. Yeah, I have the TV in the garage, which helps to uh, keep myself from just sitting on the couch all day. I'm able to do things whilst. Watching NASCAR as well, so that
1: kind of, that kind of helps. But speaking of uh, sold out races, we were planning a vacation to go to Europe in June, and I was like, mm-hmm. "What's happening around that time of year?" Oh yeah, Le Mans because we were just looking for like rallies. So I'm like, "All right, cool." Uh, the other night, like we had already booked plane tickets, and we we're just we're going to Germany. We're gonna take a train over to Paris, and then over to Le Mans because it's really Geographically it's not that far. It's like uh Germany's like the size of Montana, I guess. Yeah, it's like driving from yeah. Boston well, to North Carolina. Yeah. You can take a high speed train and you have to do any driving. <laughs> it takes a couple hours. Listen, we're Americans here. <laughs> we're just talking about driving. Okay. We don't have we don't have efficient high speed rail. Come on I know. Man. Um so I'm like, cool, let me see what's going on with that. And I pulled up the website. All tickets are sold out. I was like, what? It's like three months from now, and yeah, it feels like a gigantic event. Like, how could it possibly sell out? But I didn't realize it's the hundredth running, and that's why everybody was going. <laughs> like, uh, is there a way to get tickets still? Like, have you been able to? I don't know. I didn't really look into resellers. it. I, is, there a, is there a StubHub Europe? Somebody was like, oh, just go. There's like an English-speaking Facebook page that you can like. People are reselling tickets. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's like really far away. I don't want to get there and have fake tickets. Like, oh, I'm sure there's ways uh, to make sure you get verified tickets. I don't know. I was like, I would, I wouldn't stress oh, too much
0: about it. People in Europe are honest. That's what I've heard. Don't worry, about I, it's fine.
1: Yeah, we just, we're just gonna pivot and do something else. That that needs to be its own trip. I'll just do it next year or something. Okay. We're we're just gonna stick in in Germany, which brings me to something else cool. I I'm gonna drive the Nord's life. That is very cool. I'm, um, I'm, I'm very envious of that. Yeah. So, so I, we had a couple other friends that have gone, and they recommended this rental car company. So it's, I rented a car through them. Already reserved. That's not, not sold. Out. That's not sold out, and it's you had to, you had to double check the days because there's certain days where it's only like, a half day is a tourist day or the full day is a tourist day, and this is a full tourist day. Okay. Um, How many lapses I get you, or is that time based kind of deal? It's 10 laps.
0: Okay. Yeah. And wow, that's a long,
1: and then it's like a certain amount if you want to go over, but like 10 laps is a lot. Like that's, that's a lot. 120 miles roughly. Right.
0: Yeah. That's a lot of laps. So, I mean, you're talking, you know, more, more than obviously 10 minutes a lap. So yeah, you'll be out there for a few hours. Yeah. So, so you
1: want to have the whole day to like break it up. So, So it's pretty cool. I, it's like an all-inclusive rental so you get the entry to the track, the first tank of fuel, 10 laps. Is a little bit extra to have an instructor so I was like, well, I'm going to do an instructor for like 5 laps. That way the first 5 laps I can have somebody with me. Sure. And then the last 5 laps just to myself. Well, I guess the
0: important question is what what are you driving on the on the
1: ring? I wanted something familiar. So I don't drive a what, lot of 95 Q45. Yeah. I, well, I don't drive a lot of rear-wheel drive. I've always done front wheel drive and all wheel drive. So I was like, well, I better stick with a front wheel okay. drive. Cause that's not where I want to learn to drive a rear-wheel drive car. I'm sure. No, be I hear fine. it's expensive to crash.
0: It's expensive
1: to crash there. Um, yeah. I paid for the extra insurance too. It's like covers arm co repair, I guess. <laughs> Hopefully I don't need Excellent. it. Excellent. So it's a, I went for something that Would be very familiar. It's a Mark 7 GTI, so at least the dashboard <laughs> will be familiar to me. Sure, because is it a bone stock car or is it caged? Or what's the they do a cage? It's got race seats, race brakes, race tires. Um, it's got probably a tune, it's got the LSD, I think it said like 230 horsepower. Okay, and it's the DSG, so it's not a manual. Okay.
0: They probably don't want to have, do they
1: have manuals offered? Or they do. Of the, some they of the real drive BMWs, BMWs are manual, but I just wanted something. It's one less thing to think about is shifting.
0: Sure. Do you also have a uh, racing line turned on? And
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be plenty challenging and then just taking it. <laughs> The, uh, yeah
0: no that's that's super, that's super cool i mean and the dsg in the volkswagens is known for being a good transmission it's not going to be boring yeah and it's not like you're going to be using it in automatic mode just driving to and from the store it's you're going to be using no, it's it. Got as the paddles on a racetrack yeah and that's how it was intended to be used for is a car to be used on racetrack with those paddles and be fun and let's be honest most modern na- most modern race cars are paddle shifted anyway so that's that's super cool i'm insanely jealous um Envious, jealous. I don't know what the, I think envious is the proper word there, but uh, I'd, I'd really like to, to do that someday. But certainly a bucket list item. And I uh, cannot wait to see pictures, videos, and hear your story about that because
1: that's why I picked 10 I laps. <laughs> a couple of vicariously like, through you. A couple of like 10 laps is a lot. I'm like, yeah, but if I only do it once, I'm going to do 10 laps.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's probably half the cost is in the rental and the insurance and everything else. The laps, the laps, laps don't cost yeah. a lot. Yeah.
1: Because it's a it's a tourist day, so it's what they call bridge to gantry lap. So you actually don't do the little uh straight away after the start finish. Okay. You you enter so that way you don't have they don't have people trying to enter the circuit with cars at speed behind Doing 180 them. miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, so they give a big gap of where you enter and exit. So they call it bridge to gantry. Except if you did a full if you actually rented it for a track day there and not a tourist day, then you could do the whole track. Right. But this is this, but whatever I'm doing it on a tourist it's cool. day. Yeah. You get to do the carousel. it's all that matters. Right. And I'm wondering it it must exist like it did at the tail of dragon. Like there must be people camped out that just take photos of everything and sell. Photos. Oh, they must be. I mean, I, to, I see be. videos
0: all the time. Yeah. I see videos all the time. I'll have to, I'll so have to figure that to remember, out. Get her what, which, which rental Volkswagen was yours. That's all.
1: I think they only have one.
0: Oh, okay. Perfect. Um, or maybe they had a couple, I, I think there's a picture
1: of a couple, so
0: they, they must have at least a backup. So if somebody bins yours a day before you get there, you do yeah. lose your
1: whole thing. And then, <laughs> um, yeah, the, it says it has like video recording. So that's cool. Awesome. No, I'm
0: stoked on that. I, uh, I wish I was going, but, uh, I will live vicariously through you and enjoy your, your report. So, as I have with other friends that have done it, so yeah, I'll get there someday. I, it's funny we have a different kind of a different outlook on traveling. We want to see as much of the United States as we possibly can before we leave it. So, well, it's always here because I live here. It is. It is. It's just one of those things that, like, God forbid something happened and I couldn't go somewhere. I'd rather have seen the whole United States before I went somewhere else.
1: I don't know. It's a weird. Well, if the weird thing, if you're. Like wheelchair bound, it's definitely easier to get around the United States than to try to leave the country. So sure. Well, I'm not that. We'll put it that way, but I think just it's just this, a this thing
0: we. It's this thing we both have. We we want to see the whole United States, and then we'll start traveling internationally. And uh, it may not make sense financially or actually, but for us, it just seems to make sense. And that's what we want to do. So the good news is we're almost done. So, <laughs> with all the stuff we really want to see, but. I, uh, I I would like to get to Europe at some point, and I'm certainly not going to go to Europe without, you know, taking that trip, because why not, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Excellent. Well, I'm jealous. Oh, what else we got, Andrew? Project car update time?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, because I'm going there, I also scheduled a, I haven't done Palmer racetrack here yet. Okay. Uh, scheduled a track day for there. Like the month before, Excellent. so I can get some used to like big elevation changes, which is what Palmer has.
0: Excellent. As big as Germany?
1: Uh, It's pretty good, yeah. There's like, I think at least a thousand feet at that track. It like goes up and down. Oh, wow. There's like an uphill and a downhill. It's like well, a- I mean, it kind of has to be if it's a circuit.
0: What goes up must come down.
1: Yeah, but it's like a, it's almost like a toge.
0: Interesting. I don't think I've seen many videos from there. I'll check
1: them out. Awesome. Hmm. Um, some track tasting. Yeah, I haven't done much. I've just been gathering parts. I had some stuff to. Well, you're excuse excused because it's winter out there, and like yeah. we talked about, you're
0: currently in a nor'easter, so.
1: I'm just looking at the. I got an O-ring for the distributor on the G20 because it wasn't something I was thinking of when I did the valve cover gaskets, and it's got a little tiny oil leak near the near the. Uh, Distributor, so I want to take Before care of that this year. The side of the head. Yeah, it's just an annoying Excellent. little tiny leak mm-hmm. that's like should be easy to fix because it's right on top. Excellent. Well, I have been doing stuff. Okay,
0: stuff has been done. So after the long saga that is the XR4Ti, it runs again. What was the... wrong with it? Oh, so you want to, we'll, we'll do a quick walk back. I had leaking fuel, and it had those plastic hose connectors that I couldn't quite figure out.
1: Yeah, I think we talked and about think... that. You had the guy press him on. We talked about that? Yeah, I think so. You can talk about how hmm. you... Maybe we didn't. Why don't you tell him how yeah, you I have had... a guy for it now?
0: I have a guy. So... There's a guy based in Phoenix who has a mobile hose truck. Basically, he makes all kinds of hoses and fittings out of the back of a truck. That's like an Isuzu NPR. He just pulls up to your shop, or in my case, my house, and I show him what he got, and he has a special tool to make it work. He didn't have an easy time doing it. He still had to fight with the fittings, but he managed to get them on. So we put the new fittings on the hoses, got everything all lined up under the car. So obviously he wasn't part of that. He just put the fittings in the hoses and he left. It was very reasonable, actually. He lives less than a mile from me. So when I gave him my address, he was like, oh, I'll be right there. (laughs) So he came over and did those hoses. It was like $60 to put the two ends on hoses, which I will pay time and time again because I fought with them for, I don't know, at least two or three weeks of podcast. So I got that all taken care of. I moved back under the car to put it all together. Brand new hoses, brand new connections. There shouldn't be any leaks at all. And wouldn't you know, it still poured out like a waterfall of fuel. So we had discussed, I think initially, I thought it was leaking out of the fuel pump and everybody in my world in life was like, no. No, it can't be leaking out of the fuel pump. It's a metal body with metal ends and they don't, they don't crack or break. Yeah. It's weird failure. Well, it's a very weird failure because all of this disaster of a time could have been solved by putting a fuel pump in it the first time because it was leaking out of the body of the fuel pump. So strange. So it's a standard style Bosch pump, like a Bosch 044 style pump, right? So... I'm sure you can picture that, and probably most people can, because they've probably dealt with one at some point in their life. It's a metal body, like a metal metal cylinder. And then either end has these caps on it that are... They're like kind of like crimped in, it looks like, almost. And that contains all the internal pumping mechanisms, which I assume are plastic or rubber or whatever inside. So I don't know if this is the original one off the car. I do know that it said... It didn't say Bosch on it. It said Robert Bosch, which I don't think I've ever seen one that said Robert Bosch on it. So I assume that means it's older. It didn't have any website addresses or anything, just Robert Bosch in an address. So I got that out of the car, put it in a just a thing of water just to pump it to see what happened, and it's literally pumping every ounce of fuel that goes into one end out the end cap seam or on the sides.
1: Yeah, I guess so, just age and maybe ethanol cuz it's an original pump. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but it's metal. It's all metal. I don't Yeah, but I it probably has a rubber no, seal inside or plastic yeah, there's seal. There's no physical external damage. I just I've never seen one fail like that. Everybody I talked to was like, "No, it's not going to be your fuel pump. It's going to be those forward fittings because over time they get brittle and they go bad and they leak." So I spent the whole time
1: new one for me messing around
0: those fittings.
1: Yeah, it was one for me, I, too. Like I, I think I said this before. It was not the Occam's razor of the repair. It was not. The fittings would have no. been. No, yeah.
0: and that's what everybody said it was, and that's why I started doing those first, and then I wound up in this whole nightmare fight with them because of those plastic lines that took forever to get figured out. Because the fittings didn't I, have I, O-rings, so it was like, the oh, that got to be it. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have any visible O-ring in one of them, but that wasn't even the side that was leaking, apparently. I will say, though, that as far as plastic fuel lines go, the end, like putting the barbed, plastic barbed end in the plastic hose is a huge pain. I tried everything. Um, There was a guy online who built this, like, you could buy a proper tool to do it, but it's like $400. And then I was trying to find other ways to do it. And there's two different guys online that show you how to take a, like a bench vise and a brake flaring tool like the brake line flaring tool, and you put you clamp the hose in the brake flaring tool, and then you put the piece in the bench vise, and then you use like one of those um like woodworking style clamps to kind of push even pressure on it. And as you're doing that, use a hairdryer on the hose and it should, as it gets warmer, expand enough to like slide it in and by doing even pressure you get it through there. I I, I tell you, I, I tried that also didn't work. Not even a little bit. I even tried to like pre expand the hose a little bit by using the actual, you know, flaring parts of the brake flaring kit. And it just didn't do anything. So unfortunately I, it, what would happen is it would get to a point where it was too cold. It wouldn't go in. And then it was like a millisecond later, it was too hot and the hose just collapsed. There was never that, like, ideal temperature where the part went in. So once the guy came here and he did it, it took him an hour to do both of them, even with the proper tools. so I can see why it was hard. So regardless, it's all set. So I'm driving the car now. Um, I've put, I don't know, I've probably driven it six times since November, which is not ideal. Uh, first night out driving it, Naomi and I went to pavilions car show and then to dinner afterwards and on the way home from dinner we were on bell road which is a kind of a main thoroughfare here in phoenix and there was a kid in traffic next to us who was all excited about the car just was just talking to him at a stoplight and when i drove away from them i was doing what as car enthusiasts we do right somebody's talking about your car gave it a little bit of a little bit of a stab in the throttle nothing ridiculous just a Quick little pull. Got to the next stoplight and we were immediately enveloped in white smoke. Like a significant amount of white smoke. So we're sitting there, the car is smoking like crazy. We get to, the light turns green finally. We drive away, it's belching black smoke out the back. Pull into a parking lot. Shut it off, of course. Make sure it is just white smoke from oil or coolant and not smoke from fire. Because, hey, I've been working with the fuel system on this car now for weeks. Maybe I did something wrong. It's weird that I've already driven 30 miles out and 30 miles back without an issue, but whatever. So, open the hood. There's some smoke under the hood. I walk to the back of the car. I have Naomi turn it on, and it just it's a steady push of white smoke out the tailpipe. So that usually means one of two things, right? It's either coolant and your head gasket let go. Or it's on a turbo car, your turbo and it's just burning oil. So I'm like, of course, I just got the thing fixed and now something else broke. So I get the thing. We started again, more white smoke, shut it off. Let it sit for a little while, let it cool down, start it again. No white smoke at all. Huh? Well, we're like a mile from home. Let me check the oil level and I'll just baby at home rather than calling a tow truck. So I checked the oil level. It was, uh, it didn't look wrong. Maybe it was, you know, half a quart, I had a, a quarter of a quart low. Eighth of a, eighth of a, yeah, quarter of a quart. Anyway. So I baby at home. The next day I go out there to kind of like check out what's going on. And my first thought is the turbo went bad. So I pull open the front of the turbo housing because you can't see the compressor wheel if you just take off the intake tube. You actually have to take off this little elbow. So I took off that elbow and I reached in there to the, you know, to the actual, the turbo, the turbine inside the turbo, and it's nice and tight. No issues at all. Hmm. It's weird. So I put it all back together. And I go check the oil again. And I noticed that there's like a rubber O-ring on the dipstick inside the cap, like the, the top part that goes down and it's old and hard and it's not allowing the dipstick to go all the way down into the engine. So my assumption, and the only thing I can think of now is that I significantly overfilled the engine because I was filling it to where I thought it was supposed to be on the dipstick but the dipstick was probably somewhere between a half an inch to an inch higher than I was supposed to be. Oh. So my assumption is that when I goosed it a little bit on bell road, the crankcase pressure must've pushed some oil through the PCV system. And somehow gotten into the intake and turbo, right. And just burnt out the exhaust. So I drained the oil out of it, did an oil change. Managed to make sure I put the dipstick in correctly. And I've driven it a couple more times since then. And I haven't had a single issue. I drove it clear across town uh, to like East Mesa, which from where I am is probably an hour and back without any smoke at all. And I made sure that I drove it kind of hard just to make sure there was no issues. And I mean, it seems it seems to be good. So as far as running stuff, the car runs great now.
1: Yeah, because the only other problem I would think of is if the PCV was clogged and you blew out the dipstick and then you'll blow oil out of the dipstick tube. Yeah, it's not what happened though because the
0: dipstick tube clearly wouldn't... Like I tried to push it in and I realized it wasn't pushing it all the way. So when I put the proper level of oil in it, it never did it again. So I did order all the new PCV parts anyway just because I'm like, well, if I filled them full of oil, I should probably replace them anyway. So um those should hopefully be here this week i can slap those on doesn't look too difficult to do but yeah i mean there's some other stuff the car needs but as far as the running and driving aspect of it now it's uh it's great um the speedometer stopped working and it has a weird electrical draw and those are the two next things to fix so i don't know weird weird stuff with that car i'm not i like it i'm a little annoyed with it but We'll uh, we'll stick with it for a little bit. I also ordered uh, to protect the dashboard because the dash is not cracked. I ordered one of those like carpet dash mats to put on it, and uh, so it I'm actually looks like it's super cracked. annoyed. <laughs> right. Well, unfortunately, that's what we think as you know northeasterners, but out here people just put those in brand new cars because it protects the dashboard from cracking. So, in fact, the company that makes them. So it used to be called uh, official dash mat or something. It was bought by Covercraft out of California now, but they were here in Phoenix because that's where they sell most of them. Oh, really? But uh, I bought the thing, and unfortunately, it doesn't fit the dashboard. Worth a damn. So I'll have to uh, have to get that back to them because I'm super annoyed by it, and just protect the dashboard by putting a window visor in when I park it. So, but yeah, so that's good. That is one car. Can move on to the next car now. It's been, a, it's been a couple of weeks here, Andrew. So next is the Dodge Colt. The Blue 78 Dodge Colt. All right. So we're getting ready to go to bed. It's probably about, I don't know, eleven o'clock at night. And I'm already in the bedroom. And I hear Naomi say, uh, hey Brat, can you come here? Which is a concerning tone. So I go out to the dining room, and in the backyard, we see my yellow Colt is sitting there. Sorry, my blue Colt is sitting there, and the yellow fogs are just on. Sure. I haven't driven the car in probably a week at this point. The car hasn't moved, hasn't been touched. It is not covered because I moved things around, and it was pouring rain out. I was like, huh, that's interesting. That shouldn't be. So I went out and found the keys and went out in the yard. Now I'm nervous because is there somebody in my yard? <laughs> is somebody in the car messing with buttons and switches? Like, what am I gonna encounter out here? So I go to the car, it's it's locked. So it's clearly nobody in the car. I'm like, this is even stranger now. So I open the car and I flick the switch on and off and it doesn't do anything. The lights stay on. That's weird. I wonder if something happened with the switch. And I flick the switch on and off again. And the lights went off. Okay. That's interesting. So I pop the hood. I'm like, well, I'm going to disconnect the battery because I don't know what's causing this and I don't want it to happen again in the middle of the night and then there be some sort of electrical fire in the backyard in the Colt. Shouldn't be because we both relayed it and fused it. So theoretically there wouldn't be any kind of a fire, but just in case, let's, uh, let's get this taken care of. So I disconnect the battery, close it all up, go back. I'll do it later. Do you remember when we installed those fog lights, Andrew? Yes. So we did relay them. We did put a inline fuse in them, all the things to cause them to not have issues. The one thing that we did was we didn't drill a new hole in the car to mount the relay. We mounted it to the, um, the one of the bolts that holds the coil to the inner fender. And my assumption is that at one point when I was working on the car, because I recently did a new coil in the car. Well, not recently, but I don't know, a year or two ago. I must have inadvertently not been paying attention when I was tightening up the bolt to the inner fender. And as I was tightening it to the right, it turned the relay up. So the relay was sitting upside down. So what happened was it was pouring rain out that night. The car doesn't often sit in the rain. It's normally covered up inside or under a cover. It was pouring rain that night. Or it doesn't rain here because it's Phoenix. It was pouring rain that night, and the water was running down the top of the fender along the you know inner lip. And right above where that relay is is like an embossed piece of the fender that is probably there to allow water to drain out. And it was literally just filling the relay with water. So I pulled the relay off and I popped it open and the inside of it was completely corroded. Like it was just making the closed connection all the time. So obviously that was a problem for more than just that one time. It was just the one time that got it to the point where it made enough, like the corrosion made enough of a connection in order for it to actually turn the lights on. (laughs) So that's a, That was frustrating, but I, I fixed that. I bought a new, you know, four wire relay for it. I moved it as well. There was a existing bolt hole on the inside of the strut tower that had nothing in it, but was threaded. So I found a bolt with the right thread and I put it over there and I made sure that it's facing the right direction. And there's no way water can get into the new one and we shouldn't have an issue anymore, but uh, everything seems to be a okay on that one now. So, and everything still works. There was no fire. The lights still work now. Everything works fine. I don't know how long it was on on for, but I had been in the dining room where we saw the lights probably an hour before, so it couldn't have been on very long. So it didn't even drain the battery, and the car fired right up. So no harm, no foul. Just one of those things to be careful for. Make sure your relays are, you know, in a— they don't need to be in a weather-tight environment, but make sure they're not going to get soaked with water over and over and over again. So— that car is uh, now all good on that front. It's actually sitting right now because before we recorded a podcast, I was getting ready to work on two cars, and that was one of them because I have to replace the quarter panel window latch. That has pop-out windows and the latch is broken, so I have a new latch for that. So that'll be an update next week. So. Uh, let's see the other car that's moved for working on is the 81 Cressida. Um, I'm sure people remember they haven't heard an update in that car since the last time you were in town. And that's kind of my motivation to do it right now is I didn't want to have it sit from the last time you were in town until this time when you're in town without touching it. So I have that car also getting ready to install some more parts. Um, I think last time we talked about it, we had run out of new vacuum line. And I had to order a intake tube because the fence post that was in the car was ridiculous.
1: So we we got most of the vacuum lines done, right? And we we especially found the advance was chewed through by mice. Correct. Correct. So you haven't tried to run it since then? I haven't touched it since then, Andrew.
0: I haven't done it at all. Okay. So it just got pushed aside. Other things kept getting in the way and I haven't touched it. So now I'm touching it. So I have a couple of vacuum lines left to replace and then that big intake tube and then we're going to turn the key and see what happens. Um I'm also nervous to do that because if it doesn't make it run right, I'm going to be very upset.
1: <laughs> so, we didn't spend much on it. I'm I'm hopeful that it it didn't have vacuum advance and that's why I was not wanting to rev up. That would be a good assumption. And I also had put an O2 sensor in it for you one of the days I was there yes. and it wasn't getting Yep. I was also thinking maybe it's not getting feedback from that. Right. So
0: I don't know. We'll see. I'm, uh, it's one of those things
1: where I'm kind of like,
0: oh, I don't want to touch it because I'm afraid it's going to be still a problem. And then I'm just going to get mad. But, well,
1: if it uh, it doesn't, then you just sell to the person that wants it.
0: Yeah. Somebody does want the car in its current condition. So there is a potential move the car
1: on situation. I just either works well and you can daily it, or I don't know, just sell it to someone else. I don't (laughs) It, um. Yeah, because we also checked the math, and that checked out good. Because mm-hmm. I left the book with you for that car. Yep. I don't know. Yep. It, again, uh, Occam's razor. We we found chewed through vacuum lines. So sure. And that one in the vacuum advance
0: was not even a line anymore. So yeah, the vacuum advance is not disconnected. So try it. <laughs> So we'll see. But anyway, I, uh, I I also picked up a set of wheels for it because I'm an idiot, but I couldn't pass up a deal, and they're the factory Celica Super Wheels. Well, they work on a bunch of Toyotas, which you have. They work so. on a bunch of Toyotas, so <laughs> if they don't fit this car, they'll, I'll just keep them in this dash or something else. But I got a good deal on a full set, all nice and round, with center caps, in good condition. So I had to pick those up. And I didn't realize that those are, uh, they're 14 by 7, Andrew, so they're an inch wider than the factory Cressida wheels but they also have a negative 8 offset factory which is why they look so cool probably. I just never yeah. noticed they are so aggressive from the factory. So, it's funny that's why I look good on everything. How they look so much like steering wheels. They're like a four spoke version of the Starion wheel, wheels. And they look predate like that. The <laughs> Yeah, they predate the steering wheels. But whatever, I've never had a set of these. Um so I've and I've always liked them and they look good on things and and they're the four on 114.3 bolt pattern that 80% of my cars are, so they'll fit something. Initially, when I committed to buying them from my friend, they were going to go on the Corolla wagon, but obviously I since put the other wheels in the Corolla wagon, so I'll put these in the Cressida and go from there. If the Cressida runs, of course. So, yeah, so that, that's uh, that's probably my past couple weeks of actual car updates, but at least there's some stuff I've done in there. I've done some scale auto stuff, too. I've finished a couple model cars and been doing uh full car life stuff, right?
1: Yeah. I
0: finished that uh actually both Corollas randomly enough. One is an AE 92 race car from the 90s um from the 1991 Japanese Touring Car Championship. So what it was before it was JTCC, which is called JTC. And that's a fairly new Hasagawa kit and highly recommend that one. It was a super fun build. And the other one is a TE27 Corolla, so like a 73 Corolla. That was a Fujimi kit that I actually started probably 15 years ago. And it's been kind of just sitting around in an unfinished state. And I was like, you know what? That thing's already painted. I'm just going to go build it. So I did. And they both came out pretty good. And uh, I don't want to go too into scale scale auto stuff here, but I've purchased a few tools that I've never owned in the past, that make my life significantly easier when building models and have made results way better than they ever have been. So um, if you wanted to get into building models, don't cheap out on tape, like for doing two tones or like black parts in the car, like the window moldings and stuff. Cause I've always just used masking tape, but I went to the hobby store and I bought like the plastic Tamaya masking tape that is really easy to curve and goes around edges really nicely. And it made my life significantly better. And there was no bleed through. And where I did like the black window trim, which is always one of the most hated things on all the cars, it came out really well. And probably the most important thing, which I've never owned before. And I can thank Naomi for buying it for me because she was like, it looks like you can't see was they're like jewelers kind of goggles that you wear in your head. And I don't know if it's because I'm old now or, or <laughs> Nerd I, alert.
1: Nerd alert. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but man, it helps a lot. I'll tell you what. It's it became it took what used to be very difficult and it made it very easy because it puts it really big right in front of you and you can see the definition perfectly. So I uh I, I can't recommend getting some uh nerd goggles to, to do your to do your, your hobby stuff because it made all the difference in the world. Like all the fine little detail stuff that I was always irritated that never came out as good on my models as other people's comes out as good now because I can actually see it. So, you're doing a hobby by yourself inside your own house. <laughs> Be as nerdy as you want about it. Nobody can see it. The only thing you can see is that after I wear it, I have the mark on my forehead from wearing it, but whatever. It's fine. Just put a hat on. So, totally worth it. I highly recommend them. They have a little LED light in them and it puts whatever written in your hand so close to your eyesight and that bright light right on it, made it really easy. So, do it. I find myself using it for other things now, too. So, reading. <laughs> yeah. I keep models, myself. On, yeah I, the second I said <laughs> it, I was like, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving on. That's what I've been doing for for car stuff around here. So, oh, and coming up this week we have if you're in the Phoenix area it is the Tempe town Tempe, tempe yeah the Tempe Town Lake concourse not a traditional concourse but very similar to the concourse in the hills that I had coverage of when I went last earlier this year um so it's kind of an open to all cars concourse but it's a little bit more fancy of a setting um, I will be there with the Cressida so that should be a good time when's that? That is this coming Saturday. Oh, okay. so today is the fourteenth. So what's that? The it's Pi Day, nineteenth or twentieth. Today's Pi Day, yeah. Yep. Now let's see the calendar. So that will be the eighteenth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So March March eighteenth, and it's it's all day. I think the show officially goes from eleven to five. So it's for a good cause. It's for the Phoenix Children's Hospital. All the money, all the money raised goes there. So it's totally worth, totally worth checking out. Uh, it is free to spectate. So there's no. There's no cost as a spectator, anyway. But it's uh, should be a good time. Looking forward to that one. Unfortunately, it's maybe it's not. Never mind. It's the same as oh, it is. It's the same as Shakedown Saturday at four to four. But that's all right. I'll miss that. I'll miss that this week. So, and then Andrew, you'll be here next week, and I don't know what you have going on on Sunday, but I think it's going to be a Kyusha Club show Sunday. Oh, okay. So, unfortunately, I won't be there because I have tickets to the NHRA event, which I bought before I knew you were coming here. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, but, anyway, that's the upcoming events. So.
1: Yeah, all right. Um, um, no, come join us on the Discord if you haven't. We've got the Dirt Rally is in like the fifth or sixth round. Uh, fifth.
0: Fifth round today. Fifth I round, think, yeah, yeah but,
1: wrapping up Finland today, and then I forget what the next one is. I think I did six Poland rounds.
0: Maybe? Or Poland's today? I don't
1: know. Whatever. No, Finland wraps up today. I think I did six rounds, so that means the next one should be New England. Is the last one? Uh, we're we're doing front wheel drives. Um, I think I'll I'll probably try to set up another one after with some different cars, but that's there. Uh, yeah, join us in the Discord. Go follow Parked on the Block. We've got a lot of content going on there. Uh, follow it on Twitter, please. If you're on Twitter, Blocked on the Block minus the K. We are on Instagram. A lot of people have followed us there. You've been pushing that, Brad. Trying. And, uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Race and Anger. Follow this podcast, out of topic, and out of topic on Facebook, although we don't post there much. And, uh, off topic on twitter as well where else uh you know where can i find you
0: well you covered most of it uh, the, um my personal instagram tsi ss 350 or you can find our model car content and diecast content on scale autocast on instagram
1: oh and we recorded an episode with our friends oh, over imported, at yeah. uh another another pointless, pointless automotive, automotive, podcast. automotive podcast yes and uh I think it comes out this week. I actually forgot to ask them. Yes, but. I think it does too. <laughs> well, we did attempt to record an episode
0: of this podcast with them, but we had some uh, technical difficulties. Yeah, we'll give it another so try. I think we're gonna we're gonna give that another try when Andrew's here in town, so we can just kind of have two setups instead of trying to mix all four together. I think is. There yeah. so, there. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Technical difficulties, unimportant. But we'll make it happen. So those guys are awesome. Give them a listen if you haven't. Uh, they are. I don't want to say they're exactly the same as us because they're not. They're very similar. Uh, they have a lot of updates on crappy old cars. They were always working on. They do play a game similar to our Craig. Craig, don't tell me with uh, car ads, and uh, they're just generally good guys. They're uh, which we aced. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> spoiler alert we got it right <laughs> yeah so anyway yeah go give those guys a listen uh apa or another pointless automotive podcast they're a fun fun couple of guys Frank and jad so check them out
1: all right cool as always keep guards analog and aim for roses